Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Hi, this is Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm in Woodruff County today with Adam Chapel. Uh, we're going to visit on uh, his fourth generation farm over here and we're going to talk a little bit uh, Adam about cover crops and no-till over in uh, eastern Arkansas where you live that's kind of unusual to see uh, is it not it is it's, it's no-till complete no-till is very unusual and there's some minimum till guys around but cover crops are pretty foreign and and no-till in general is pretty foreign, so we're trying something that goes against the grain. Well, let, let's talk a little bit first about your farm. Tell us a little bit about how big it is and what you grow here. Uh, we farm about oh, a little under 8,000 acres. We grow uh, corn, beans, cotton, rice, milo, wheat, uh, just a little bit of everything. And how long ago was it that you started getting into no-till and cover crops? It's been close to 10 years now, hasn't it? Yeah, we started investigating it real good in 2009. We were trying to fight pigweeds, and we were losing, uh, using herbicides and tillage, and started investigating different methods. And uh, Basically, on the Internet, I was researching organic farmers to see how they handled weeds and uh, found a guy in Pennsylvania that was doing it with uh, he was a pumpkin grower and he was managing pigweeds and whatever weeds they got up there with cereal rye so fall of 2009 we uh, planted our first uh, cereal rye cover crop and planted into it in spring of 2010 so that 2010 was our first season to farm in cover crop and no-till so how did that first year go it must have gone pretty good to convince you that was something you wanted to continue right yeah we we had real good success we were real nervous about planting in it and killed it earlier than we do now way earlier but even at the short it was probably six to eight inches when we killed it uh we had a noticeable reduction in our pigweeds on that 300 acres so uh we ramped up the acres the next year and again the following year and, and started getting more aggressive with the growth and letting it get big and and uh, now we're planting into stuff that's six foot tall and green. So what are some of the primary benefits that you're seeing? Of course it, it's got to lower your input cost tremendously not having to till and it helps with weed control obviously. What else are some of the benefits you've started seeing? So the, the first thing we noticed was the reduction in herbicide cost and, and tillage cost. Obviously, that was immediate impact. Uh, the next thing we noticed pretty quick was we weren't having to water near as much. Uh, our ground was staying moist for longer during the summer months. We were spreading our windows up, our irrigation windows out to 10 and 14 days on corn. and uh, it just The ground under that residue was just wet during the summer it's not hot and it's moist you don't have to water near as often that was the next biggest thing we saw and then now we're working trying to reduce uh, fertilizer inputs you know we're using legumes and stuff as some of our nitrogen credit and we've got some university arkansas state is helping us with some uh, 
research on that and we're we're finding so far we can reduce nitrogen by about oh probably 30 percent with no yield penalty so we're we're trying to push that down even further see how far we can go so for people that don't understand it like me why has this not already caught on in this part of the world why why hasn't everybody not been doing this well, I think most people probably have the same reservations I had to start with. They're scared to plant into it because it's, it's not anything we're used to or seeing or, or doing. And, uh, and it is pretty intimidating looking at a big wall of green thinking you got to get a seed to, to germinate and, and emerge through all that. And uh, it just goes against everything that's been, you know, we've been taught through our careers so far. You know, you got to... You know, what we've been taught is you got to start with a clean, sterile seed bed, and everything's just got to be so-so. And, and I'm just figuring out that it's not true. Seeds are pretty resilient; they can come through a lot. You know, they don't have to have a perfectly clean seed bed and all that. That's probably the biggest thing. And the other thing I think is uh, a lot of it is the margins are so tight right now. Things are so so rough out in the ag world that making big changes is hard to do even even if it would be beneficial but you got to make a smooth transition and that transition scares people the way the way things are they I, that's, that's my thinking on it because i still get nervous sometimes when i make changes on the farm and, and because i i know what the outcome is going to be of the old way it's easy to just sit back and, and think well i'll just do that again and hope it hope it turns out good it's 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 hard to make changes when the environment's rough to start with now you're you're actually uh, a scientist by training you've got a degree in botany and a degree in entomology is that right yeah that's right so uh, from a scientist point of view i guess a lot of this goes back as well toward healthy soil uh, it, what's the relationship between that and what you're trying to do well, so if you dig into the, the stuff that's out there, you know, healthy soil is not just high, you know, P and K levels and all that. Healthy soil and the most productive soils in the world are, are they fall into this category. They, they're full of life. They have, uh, you know, tons of earthworms and, and uh, micro microbiological food web that's very extensive and most tilled soils don't have that uh, the microbial life that's in a tilled soil is predominantly uh, bacteria and uh, not much else and a, a healthy soil will be full of you know, bacteria fungi, uh, fungi, fungi uh, protozoa acetomycetes you know a diverse insect population you know just just it's just teeming with life and you can you can tell the difference so you've been doing this now for several years and now you plant cover crops on all your ground and uh you're what are are you seeing that healthier soil as a result of all that are you are you able to notice a, a big change yeah the the tilt of the soil is different uh the, the abundance of roots and root channels the earthworm populations are you know we're 
six to ten earthworms per shovel full you know and, and before we started this you'd be lucky to find any so you know uh, as far as the bacterial to fungal ratio in our soils you know i think we're we're approaching a more fungally dominant soil you can you can see uh fruiting bodies and stuff emerging during the summer of, of uh, you know saprophytic fungi and things like that 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 you don't see in conventionally farmed fields you just they just don't have the chance to develop uh you know ant colonies things things that if you till often that take time to start to thrive you can find in these fields where before we couldn't so for your fellow farmers around here who are listening to this and they're thinking you know i've got to check into this and see if this is something i can do what what would you say to them is this something they need to spend time doing and and if they do where do they go to find some good resources that would be helpful uh yeah i mean i obviously think the the change is worth making otherwise i wouldn't have made it but uh you know everybody's farm is different so you gotta there's no one size fits all system you know somebody with a different soil type than me might need different cover crops than me and there's a big learning curve with this so uh but the savings we've seen uh were definitely worth all the heartache involved in in changing uh and and we've got answers to all the problems we faced you know early on we didn't have anybody to ask we were just trial and error so the arkansas soil health alliance is a good place to start uh, you know they, there's several member farmers there that have kind of gone through the the worst of it and seen the best of it and they can help you avoid some easy mistakes um, and then there's tons of stuff you know different soil alliances in different states youtube is a good resource uh, you know, there's 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 just an abundance of, of information out there if you just uh, take the time to look. But um, I know things are tough out there now. It's hard to make a big change in your operation in one fell swoop. So I would suggest just trying, you know, 100 acres or 200 acres like I did and, and just ease into it. But I think, you know, once they see the same benefits that we have, it'll they'll have a hard time going back to the other other way of doing it. That's a good way to wrap it up. I wish we could talk a lot longer, but I hope that what you've said will stir some interest in our farmers to to look at this and see if it's something they can do as well. We appreciate your time this morning, Adam. Thank you.